0: Well, good evening ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, I'm your host Doug from Ontario, Canada. This is 9 p.m. here on the 12th of January. Thank you for joining me this evening. Talk a little bit about border crossing caution. Thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you for joining me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are in the middle of the week. So, um, yeah, I came across this story, you know, because, um, you know, throughout this entire um, pandemic, you know, we've always had travel advisories you know, in the land border being closed, you know, for 20 plus months and then reopening up again, you know, back in the summertime, but um, what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is this. With the restrictions that are coming, you know, to the truck drivers as well, uh, starting this Saturday, that all truck drivers crossing the border, American Canadian truckers, you have to have proof of vaccination. And with this Crossing of the land borders or even just if you did take a plane into the U.S. There's a testing crunch causing Canadians to get stuck stateside. Now, the Canadian government throughout this whole entire pandemic has still cautioned Canadians about crossing the US-Canada border. People choose to make the trip or being warned to plan ahead and expect the unexpected. And they've told you that all along. And it could be as much as having that test done before you come back into the country or that you come down with COVID yourself, whether you're in the United States, whether you went to Europe, whether you went to a sunny destination. Country that, goes, that you go to, they end up in, in a lockdown and you're stuck. Now this Canadian so I don't know. She says, "You know, this put us." They said, "This put us in a dangerous situation by turning us around at the border of a recent experience attempting to re-enter Canada." You know, she was with her mother and brother. She traveled across the border by car to Illinois to visit family over the holidays. All were fully vaccinated and did rapid tests before they left. <clears throat> that doesn't matter. Do all the rapid tests you want. You have to have. You have to have the. The, 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 PCR test done and she booked the, the, like she said, she booked the, the, um, the, the NA, the NAAT. This is the rapid test accepted by the Canadians border officials ahead of time out of Walgreens and have been done at no cost. And, you know, she's done it in the past without any issues. And then they were, got their appointment canceled. So they're all out of the tests. I mean, we can't get our hands on rapid tests. Even right now. You know, this is the 12th. Of January, it is something like 145 million rapid tests are supposed to go out across the country. Where are they? So she found herself in a real predicament. So regardless, you know, she would try to cross the border regardless without this test. We thought the worst case scenario that they would have to quarantine but they were pulled into secondary inspection at the Canadian border and officials could proceed. They said that they could proceed into Canada, but they would each be subject to a $6,200 fine or they could go back and try and find tests. You know, that would be Roughly, you know, um, three thousand dollar fine each. So they were left to find a hotel after nine p.m. during a holiday, and what they ended up booking, she felt they were putting at a greater risk for catching from catching the virus. There was no mask policy at the hotel; it was just suggested. And they ended up paying 150 US for uh, for the test, along with the cost of the hotel room, and returned to Canada on December the 29th. Well, you put you put yourself you put yourself in this position. You're gonna try to cross the back into Canada without this test that you were supposed to have, or you would face 18, or you'd be facing eighteen thousand six hundred dollars in fines. You know, and it's still a problem, ladies and gentlemen. This happened at the end of December during the high traffic period on border. Canadians can still find themselves stuck. So, you know, they have a um, testing sites in the U.S., including a site in Plymouth, Michigan, the location where her family eventually got their tests done. And going over, you're going at your own risk knowing you could get stuck. So, I don't get it, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I don't get it. So, why would you want to do that, right? You know, and the other problem too, I mean, if you do actually find a test, you know, the, 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 uh, they're saying that the relo- the, uh, the results take longer than 72 hours. So, by the time you get... To get it back, it expires. He said adding it's difficult to get into the facility that offers a rapid PCR testing. <laughs> so the test retards takes more than 270 hours because that's what you need to have to come back. So that it would expire. And this is, you know, this is why the government says. You know what, there's a travel advisory on. If you travel at your you travel at your own risk. So you can come back here and complain about the problems that you ran into. You knew there's a travel advisory. You did it at your own risk. That is your problem. That's it. Now, you know, the thing, the big thing still here in Canada going on is the premier in Quebec is talking about levying a tax on the unvaccinated. Call it the punishing tax for those who refuse to get vaccinated. There's still a lot of details, you know, the, uh, the province of Quebec, the government there will have to have to work out you know um, the Prime Minister the Prime Minister of Canada you know says each province um, can you know basically put whatever <clears throat> they restrictions that they deemed is necessary through this pandemic He's not saying he's for it or that he's against it. But curtailing this into a way that is not unconstitutional. It's going to be, it's going to be a really slippery slope for the province of Quebec to levy this tax on people who refused to get vaccinated. Now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it's really interesting to see what's gonna take, uh, What, what road this is going to go down when it comes to um, this tax penalty, the premier wants to call it. Now, the other issue here coming out, um, the truckers say that the, the vaccine requirement for crossing border, well, exact economic toll. Starting this Saturday, all truckers coming into Canada, going to the United States, doesn't matter if you're American or Canadian trucker, you have to have proof that you're vaccinated. Where truckers are warning that a Saturday deadline requiring them to be vaccinated in order to enter Canada will put additional strain on supply chains amid the latest COVID surge and and, and severe workers shortages. Now, I think that the the government came out out with this in November. You know, is the timeline long enough? You know, you know, you're looking at about eight weeks. You're looking at about two months. Maybe this is something that should they should have been talking back in in the summertime. If this is something that we're gonna uh, going to do, because you know, imagine, you know, all the truckers out there who cross the border on a daily basis. So it's not just the truck drivers and other essential workers seeking to cross into the country will need to be fully vaccinated and will be turned away or if you're a Canadian, you'll be required to quarantine unless unless you present proof. Now we got truckers out on the road right now and hopefully that these drivers... And obviously the businesses they work for are aware of this because some of them are going, you know, a long ways out in the United States. It take a few days to get back. So I'm sure they are, you know, I'm sure, you know, still driving and they're, they're, they're fully vaccinated. They'll have to show that proof coming back into Canada. Now, there's about... of the uh, 120,000 Canadian big riggers who uh, traverse the border may not be able to work those roads because they haven't been jabbed. And the vaccine mandate has started to impact operations. But there are still, I mean, there are many of our members who have already said they will not be Dispatching unvaccinated drivers across the border, and of course they're not going to do that to you. You know, because Canadian drivers coming back if you're not vaccinated after this weekend, you'll be going into into a you know a ten day quarantine. Now, these new rules may encourage reluctant workers to roll up their sleeves, and it's just like the Quebec government imposing this punishment tax. We can call it that. And they had a significant increase of people getting their first dose. But from 3,000, like 6,000 in the last couple of days. Maybe the Quebecers are going to take this serious. And you know that, you know what? The government is serious here in Quebec. And they may possibly be able to oppose. Impose this this tax on people who are not vaccinated. So, with this vaccine mandate uh, mandate, you know, um, of course, you know the dispatching are not going to uh, dispatch the unvaccinated drivers across the border. You know, so if they're not vaccinated yet, well. Are you going to continue to cross the border? Or are you going to look for another job? Or are you going to be looking to uh, be home on a daily basis? You know, what is it that you're going to do? You know, I don't know. You know, so now this new rule may even encourage reluctant workers to roll up their sleeves. Now, There's a company... Uh, a trucking company in Montreal, it's a logistics company, offered a $10,000 bonus last month to all drivers who received their first vaccine by mid-January to, in hopes to retain employer, uh, employees and in boosting inoculation rates. Now, it doesn't mean that they get the $10,000 bonus at once. This would be spread out through the course of the year. To give you an incentive to roll up your sleeves. and get the jab. Another one here in Ontario. You know, um, $800.00. tractor says 95% of its drivers are fully vaccinated so again you know it's like you know it's like companies out there you know even like with the corporations you know giving you a choice we have been more than accommodating the people who are not vaccinated. We have bent over backwards for you to get vaccinated. And you still push back. You don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not surprised that a province in this country of Canada has decided to levy a tax on people who don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not surprised by this. And especially coming out of Quebec. We're opening, we've opened up a lot more uh, of vaccine um, uh, sites to get vaccinated. There's going to be a vaccine bus coming around here in the city within the next few days to get people vaccinated. Because the opportunity is now, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's now. You know, these restrictions that we have here, on us here, just in the province of Ontario, I think until the 21st of, of January, that doesn't mean these restrictions are going to be lifted. That's going to depend on hospitalizations in ICU. They may extend this for another 14 days. Thank you for joining me this evening. I'm your host Doug from Ontario, Canada. So I was talking about um, the border crossing, and the, the government here in Canada has always—we've always, always had—and always said, um, you know, we have a travel advisories to wherever you're going, and and to be very cautious if you're going to travel, and what happens on the other end is not the Canadian government's problem. It's your problem because you went against everything that the government is telling you not to do. And this includes crossing the land border between Canada and the United States. And the problem, what they're running into with Canadians coming back, they have to have that 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 uh test that negative test to come back across the border and they're having a problem they're having a difficult time finding those tests in the united states here the same thing here in canada you know with with the with the uh the rapid test The government is supposed to send out something like 145 million of them across the country. PCR test, you can't get one. Unless you work in the medical field. You work in a retirement home, you work in a nursing home, or you're an essential caregiver. Those are the only people that can get a PCR test in this country. Especially here in Ontario. And if you don't have your hands on on a rapid test right now, well, you're going to have to just sit tight and wait. People, you know, when it comes to this transmission of, of this Omicron variant, what we're doing here in the province of Ontario, and maybe other provinces are doing the same thing, is that They're only counting hospital admissions and ICU admissions through testing positive. That's all they're testing. The general population, we have no way of knowing exactly how many cases of Omicron we actually have. We have no way of tracing it. I myself contracted COVID. I'm triple vaxxed. But we have no way of knowing in the general population, the entire population of Canada, we have no idea what the exact case counts are in the general population. They know who's in the hospital, but not out in the general population. We could have millions of cases of Omicron. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going you're, you're gonna to have a fever, you're going to have a headache, you're going to have a sore throat, you're going to have a cough, you're going to have chills, you're going to have body aches. doesn't mean you're going to have all that. I had a sore throat, a cough, and sinus congestion, and I tested positive for COVID. Those were my symptoms. And I'm sure there's millions of other Canadians out there with those same symptoms. So you can chalk it up of having COVID. Same with the United States. They're saying that they're seeing something like a 780,000 on a, on, on a seven-day seven average. Now, are those PCR tests? As they can't. There's absolutely no way every single state be able to keep keep up with the with with the count, with the test. There's absolutely no way you would have millions of cases of COVID in the United States. They're saying by the end of January, half of Europe will be infected with Omicron. And like I said, a sore throat, a cough, and nasal congestion were my symptoms. And I tested positive for COVID. I'm out of my isolation period now. I've done all that. Five days. Actually, it was longer than that because I did my first five days last week. See, last Wednesday is when I did a rapid test and I tested negative. And then because I'm also an essential caregiver, I was able to get the PCR test on on Friday just passed. I got my my test results back on Sunday. I tested positive. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, including the other four days of last week, because people in the household tested positive, so that put me in isolation from the get-go. But I was feeling symptoms by the by by uh, last Tuesday. So when it comes to, you know, so when it comes to, um, you know, with this border crossing, whether you're doing it by land, whether you're flying somewhere, whatever the case may be, you may run into problems of getting test results back if that's what you're, see here in Canada, the deal is, is that you travel, it doesn't matter by land or air, when you're returning to Canada, you have to have a PCR test done 72 hours prior to your flight. You have to test negative. And then you can return. The other problem in some parts of the United States where, where Canadians are and they want to get a PCR test is taken more than 72 hours to get the results. So that time has expired. So that means you got to do it again. And hopefully it doesn't expire again. You know, I understand. You know, throughout this 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 time period, people have family on on in in the U.S. and the U.S. has family here in Canada, and you haven't seen each other for a couple of years. The land borders just—you know—the Canadians opened up their land borders to the Americans back in August. The Americans didn't open up the land border to Canadians until November. So you know, I you know I do have feelings. Believe me, you know you want to see your friends or you want to see your your. Your loved ones, or or whatever the case may be, but you're taking you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk of. It doesn't matter where you're going to go. You're taking you're taking the risk of even of even getting COVID. I didn't have to. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have, even have to leave my city to get COVID. I obviously was in close contact with somebody who was positive. That's all it takes. Just because you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean you're immune to it. I'm triple vaxxed and I got COVID. It kept me out of the hospital. It kept me from talking to healthcare professionals see what my next steps are. So the vaccine is working. I'm 58, by the way. I'm in generally good health. But that doesn't stop me from getting COVID. Professional athletes around the world are getting COVID. And they're a lot healthier and better shape than I'm in. doesn't matter who you are. The other week, I think it was December 30. If you might, you might even seen this. It went viral. It went viral on so many different social media platforms. It isn't funny. There's that flight from Quebec with Quebec influ- uh, influencers and, and Quebec actors. And they, they uh, were part of this, I don't know, special group. I don't know. And, the, you know, the... Uh, um, the owner of this company, you know, he, he paid for, I think there's like 150 people to go from Montreal to Cancun on the 30th. And then a big party broke out on the airplane, people dancing in the aisles, people dancing on the seat, people vaping on the plane, you know, smoking and vaping is illegal to do on the plane, right? You know it's illegal to get up and start dancing in the aisles and jumping off the seats and carrying on. You know all that. You can't be doing that on an aircraft, right? But these idiots thought that's, that's okay. We can do that. Passing around bottles of liquor. So when this all went viral, you know, um, Air Canada... Air Transat and Sunwing refused to fly them back from Cancun. The federal government and the federal aviation is looking into this matter. They're still uh, uh, investigating this. Only 27 people had made it back to Canada so far. Thirty-five people tested positive for COVID. They're still in Cancun. Well, what a place to get COVID! I'm in the sunshine country and I got COVID. That's on your dime. No one's paying for that. There's a there's 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 a, a young lady down there who keeps getting moved from hotel to hotel because the hotel people are going there at Cancun. She's got to get out of the hotel, find another hotel you know she's getting one star hotels she's got to isolate for 14 days 35 people and you know the promoter uh, of this flight down there he he doesn't see anything wrong with this he thinks he thinks that the airline should be apologizing to him apologizing for what he does take he takes He takes no responsibility for this. You know, he he hasn't come out and say, look, you know what? I understand what they did was wrong. They shouldn't have been doing this on the airplane. Blah, blah, blah. This is their own damn fault. Why they can't get back? No, he's not doing that. Oh, no, he's supporting them. He thinks they should be able to come back. The airlines, Air Canada, Air Transit, uh, Sunwing, should be able to fly down there and bring them back. But they're not. They're taking other airlines, airlines that'll take them, and then when they get back to Canada, they're being held. And after their interrogation, they're released. There's going to be, there's going to be some serious repercussion for their act, for their behavior. You know, some were saying, oh, we had, we weren't, we weren't partying. We were on the plane, but we weren't partying. Oh, some of them were saying, oh, we were sleeping through that, all that, all that ruckus and partying. That is such bullshit. I don't know why the, the, the pilots didn't turn that plane around or land. I have no idea. I don't know what, you know, you know what are the rules and regulations for pilots when people get out of control like that on an aircraft at 30,000 feet. You know, lots of things are happening really fast. So, when it comes to travel, you're you you take you you do it at your own risk. If you get stuck somewhere because they'd shut down, they shut down the airport or whatever the case may be, or you test positive while you're away, don't expect your government to help you out. Because sure in the hell, the Canadian government isn't going to do that. You know, the, the, the federal government is not stepping up and say, oh, yeah, bring them back. Oh, no, 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 no. No, the the airlines have said their piece. We are not coming to get you. You are not coming on our flights. So when you're border, when you, if you drive across the border into the, uh, into the United States and you're down there for some time, whatever the case may be, you better be prepared. You better have a plan B. Just in case you can't find any tests anywhere because you have to have the test, you have to go on on the uh, Canada Arrive app, fill out all your information 72 hours prior to your return. And you have to have that negative test in order to get back into the country or you're going to be facing $3,000 fine for each person. You know, so like I said, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm I'm sympathetic to people who, who had missed their families over this time and they, you know, just recently, you know, November was able to, you know, Canadians were able to cross the United States to go see some family stuff like that. I get that, but there's caution, cautionaries that you need to take. Now I was reading an article uh, earlier this morning, there's something like 750,000 cases, a seven-day average in the United States. I don't know if that's the ones that are able to count because of your population, because you have millions of cases of Omicron, and so does Canada, because we can't count them. We can't keep up with it. There's no way we can keep up with it. And like I said, those symptoms could be as as what I had a, a sore throat, a cough, and nasal congestion. And I test positive for COVID. How many more cases out there are like that in Canada? We'd have out of a population of 38 million, we'd probably have a couple million, three million. Who knows? Nobody knows. Others aren't so lucky. Others people are getting even more severe cases, even though they're vaccinated. And the ones who aren't vaccinated, well, you know, they're filling up our ICUs. This is why we have more more restrictions imposed upon us throughout this month of January. And this is why... The, the, the uh, Quebec uh, premier is going to levy a tax. He call it a punishment tax on their citizens who are not vaccinated. But there's no really details about it. He's just talking about it. And since the last couple of days that he has mentioned this, they've went from 3,000, a day people getting the injection to over 6000 a day to get their first shot it sounds like the Quebecers are going to take this serious that their their premier is you know is going to levy this punishment tax upon you if you're not vaccinated now our prime minister of Canada is not saying whether he agrees with this or not but he does He does say that provinces, whatever restrictions they feel deem necessary that fall in line with protocol when it comes to uh, the health care act and when it comes to restrictions of, you know, what is acceptable and what is crossing the line. So he's not saying whether he agrees with it or not. He's not going to interfere, you know, unless you know this has crossed the line, and you know I suspect that you know if the premier of Quebec does you know implement this punishment tax, that there's going to be court challenges. I have to wait to see what happens, and he's talking about this within the next couple with the next couple of weeks. You know, Quebec has been the only province uh, in in Canada that 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 has imposed curfews and and the province of, of Quebec is still under a curfew this is the second time throughout this pandemic in that province now I mean, you know, really people, I mean, you know, now, now is the time to, um, keep your two feet on the ground, right where you are, because there'll be nothing worse than being stranded somewhere, nothing worse than that, you know, imagine if, you know, hypothetically thinking, you know, thinking that you're, you're, you're a company owner. You had an employee take off, went down to Cancun for a week. But while he or she was there, she tested positive for COVID. That means now he or she's got to isolate in that country. You're expecting their re- their return after five days. Now they're going to be gone for another 14 days. What should happen here? The employee knew there's a travel advisory. Governments always say this is not the time to travel, but you did anyways. Then you put, then you put your company that you work for in a predicament because they might not have somebody else who is trained to do your job. Companies have deadlines and commitments. You you as an employee have a responsibility when you're working for a company to meet those deadlines and commitments. But you thought it would be a good idea to take off for five days or six days, get down there, test positive for COVID. Now you got to stay there for another 14 days. What should the employer do? I know what I would do. I would fire you. just like so many people, you know, the Toronto Transit Commission here in Ontario, 350 employees let go because they're not vaccinated. And that's happening in in big corporations. Even here in the city where I work, there's, there's been employees who've been let go. The city, the city is a corporation. They've been let go because of their vaccine status. People have been given ample time to get vaccinated. We have bent over backwards for people who don't want to get vaccinated. So then we start implementing policies Such as you have to be fully vaccinated to dine in a restaurant. You got to be fully vaccinated to go to a gym. You got to be fully vaccinated to go to the movies. You got to be fully vaccinated to go to sporting events. The unvaccinated can push back as hard as they want, the government isn't going to budge. Corporations aren't going to budge, especially those ones that work in hospitals, in nursing homes, in retirement homes. You got to be fully vaccinated. You got to remember who you're working with here. Especially in retirement homes and nursing homes, you're working with the most vulnerable population. And we've seen, you know, the outcome of this pandemic on the onset of the pandemic of these, of these nursing homes and retirement homes and the loss of life with these most vulnerable people in our society. And this is even before the vaccines who died from COVID. And then we have to start implementing these rules and regulations when the vaccines come out. We need to get these people vaccinated. We need to get the healthcare professionals vaccinated. We need to get the people who are are, are, are most vulnerable who can still remain in their homes. We need to get them vaccinated. Then we move down the population. We move into the into the younger ages and keep moving down and keep moving down to get people vaccinated. The schools are returning on the 17th of this month. They're even talking about putting a vaccine clinic in the schools for children ages five to 11 who have not yet received their vaccines. Upgrading the ventilation systems. When the kids return to school on Monday, they're going to have a triple layer mask to be wearing. Teachers are going to have the N95 masks. Nobody wants their kids out of school. Nobody. Employers don't want employees off the job, but we're seeing this right clear across every sector. Doesn't matter where you work, we have employee shortages because people are home sick with COVID. I too had gotten COVID. It doesn't matter who you are; it does not matter. Now, you know there's um, the other thing here too. With you know, with parents, you know they're kind of. You know, a little bit um, upset. You know, because um, when the schools return back on the seventeenth, is that the Ontario parents won't be notified of all school outbreaks, but data on absentee rates will be available. they will be able to check to see what the absentee rates are are at their at their school. It'll kind of maybe. Point of picture, but the government isn't going to tell you that the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the minister of education is not going to tell the parents of outbreaks at the schools. They're saying that when the parents might get notified is when 30% of the school have come down with COVID. So if you got a thousand kids, including you know, including the staff, 30% is 300. And then they're going to maybe possibly tell the parents that, yeah, your your school has like 300 cases, 300 students, not all students, but staff and students combined have come down with COVID. That's when they're going to get a notification. Now, they're even talking about the cases are going to have to get to a point where, you know, the government is going to have to say, okay, we have to go back to online learning again. Just because one school, you know, for an example, you know, they have, you know, 30% not in in class or teaching doesn't mean that school is going to close doesn't mean other schools are going to close either. Right? It doesn't mean that, right? So they say that 30% threshold will not automatically trigger a school closure. But it might pivot a remote learning could be considered at that time. Now, whether they consider that, that's going to remain to be seen. And parents will not be notified for each COVID-19 case or exposure within their child's school. If your kid comes to school. And they got a cough and a runny nose, they're going home. And if they have a brother or sister that goes to the same school, they're going home with them. And if it's just the sniffles, they're going to have to go home for 24 to 48 hours. Until those symptoms pass. All the students are getting a a rapid test. The Ontario government also announced it will give two COVID rapid tests to each student and staff member when in-person learning returns. So each student is going to get two. So you got three kids in in, in your family, you're going to have six rapid test kits coming home with the kids. So the provincial government said it's going to distribute 3.9 million rapid tests to school boards starting Monday, which will be provided for uh, uh, for uh, first to staff in, in child care and public schools, children in child care settings, students in public elementary schools, followed by secondary students who are in high school. And like I said, the students and staff members will receive two tests to start and more tests will be provided when the government has the supply. So out of this 145 million rapid tests that the federal government is sending out to each provinces, this is where 3.9 million of them are going to go. Almost a hundred but you're gonna go throughout the medical the medical field to so all the retirement homes and nursing homes and hospitals. The rest of the general public is just gonna to have to wait. So even if you experience even if you're experiencing the same symptoms like I had a sore throat, a cough Nasal congestion. Better start your, your your isolation period. Who would have thunk it that a sore throat and a cough and nasal congestion would be COVID? Because it is, because that's what I tested positive. That's, those were my symptoms. How many more people? like I said, are out there in the general population with just those symptoms I just described to you What I had. You don't have to have that fever. You don't have to have those body aches. You don't have to have those chills. You don't have to have the diarrhea. You don't have to have a headache. Sore throat, cough, nasal congestion. Get your hands on a rapid test. Do really good swabs in your nasals. Self-isolate. Because I'll tell you right now, majority of the population has COVID. And that's a simple fact. So the government... When the government here in Ontario says, you know, um, we have 3,500 people in hospital, we have 500 people in in ICUs, those are the ones that they can count. They can only count the hospitalizations in ICUs. They can't count the rest of the population because we just can't keep up with it. Now, like I said, um, according to the government, local, and the local public health units and the school boards are working to put in place school-based vaccination clinics for students 5 to 11 years old. And these clinics will operate before, during, and after school hours to make vaccines convenient as possible for children and families, the government said. So how more... Can the government make this as simple as possible to accommodate you, accommodate your kids? And like I said, the government has bent over ass backwards on trying to accommodate everybody, trying to make everybody happy. People don't want to get the vaccine. They keep pushing back. Government keeps pushing back with more restrictions. Government keeps pushing back with more policies on 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 the uh, on being vaccinated. When it stands right now, you know, for an example on the twenty first uh, uh, of January that they reopen in di- indoor dining. They reopen the gyms they reopen the movie theaters, you're still going to have to be fully vaccinated in order to go to those places. That's not going to change. You're going to have to have the vaccine passport and that's the way it's going to be. Every single restaurant... If you're dining in, before they decided to close the indoor dining, contact tracing. Your name, telephone number, and proof of vaccination. Same with movie theaters, same with gyms. Right now, we're at capacity limits. You know, except for gyms, they're closed. Movie theaters closed, indoor dining closed. And right now, in the National Hockey League, no American teams can come up here in Canada to play Canadian teams. All the Canadian teams have to go down to the U.S. to play. You don't think they have outbreaks of COVID? Better give your head a shake because they do. So when it comes to accommodating people, when it comes to, you know, getting vaccinated, you know, the government is doing their job. It's up to the rest of the people to decide on what you want to do. And if you're working for a company that is mandating vaccines that you'd be vaccinated in order to work there, you have a decision to make. You want to keep your job? Or do you want to get fired? <clears throat> you want to keep that home? You want to keep that mortgage? You want to keep that car? You want to keep all the good things that you have because you work so hard for And that you keep pushing back and you don't think for one second that the company that you're working for is serious. They gave you a deadline. They gave you ample time. They've made every accommodation possible for you to be vaccinated. And yet these unvaccinated individuals keep pushing back because of their own beliefs, could just be the fact that they're just ignorant, pig-headed, stubborn, and you find yourself walking out of the job with a pink slip in your hand because you're fired. And you might not get employment insurance, and you might not get severance pay. That's sort of things are, you know, are going to be in the courts. And that lucrative job that you so desire to have and keep and work so hard to have making five, six figures a year, only to find out now you're going to be going, oh, maybe down to $40,000 a year income. Well, maybe you find yourself flipping burgers at McDonald's making $15 an hour. When it comes to vaccines, the government has accommodated you enough. They don't need to accommodate you anymore. And the Premier of Quebec is gonna is going to um, impose a a a, uh, a financial tax on you in that province. We'll see, you know, in the coming weeks. How this pans out. You know, you can't say something like that. You can't say that you're going to in, 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 uh, impose a, 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 a punish tax on somebody and then not go through with it. Because then people are just going to call your bluff. No, this provincial government in Quebec is going to go through with this. Now, depending on what side of the line they're walking on when it will happen, you know, for for the uh, for legal means. I'm sure they're going to be very very careful that they're going to stay on the right side of the law. And this just may pass and people who are not vaccinated in that province could be seeing a punishable a punish tax. Of well over two hundred dollars. Maybe every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. It could even be higher because he says a hundred dollars. You know, well, he starts off with fifty dollars ain't enough. A hundred dollars isn't enough, two hundred dollars isn't enough. Maybe he'll make it five hundred dollars. until you roll up your sleeve. We'll have to see how that pans out. It'll be quite interesting to see how this is gonna play out within the next couple of weeks in the province of Quebec. So thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen, for taking the time out of your evening to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Because a couple of these stories that I'm talking about, you know, is going to be, you know, there's going to be a decision made, and I'm certainly going to let you know about it, what the outcome of this particular discussion with Quebec implementing a punish tax. They just call it—I don't know what they call it. They're going to call it like a, uh, like a health tax, I guess. You know, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. You know, how far they're going to take this. Like I said, I mean, you can't threaten to do something, you know, and oppose a a health tax, and then not go through with it that would just be foolish on the government, you know, because people are just going to say, whatever. So more to come on that story for sure. So again, thank you for coming out here and taking the time out of your evening to join me here on the truckers podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Have a good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week, and as I peruse over some more articles and stuff like that this evening, um, I will be back out um, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. So thank you, and take care.